This is USA Takedown, the best guess. All the hot news and predictions on combat sports of wrestling and MMA with your host, the true American, Scott Casper. Connect with him now on social media and check out usatakedown.com. Now, it's time for USA Takedown. I am live in Green County, specifically Jefferson, Iowa. We're going to be talking boxing today. We're going to be talking about the uh, weigh-ins tonight, the uh, event that will take place tomorrow night. Got a lot of great guests on the program. So this is the Wild Rose Casino studio on the road. (laughs) Oh, I thought I'd get through that, and I did. Hey, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Wild Rose Casino and Resorts, three great locations, Clinton, Iowa, Emmitsburg, and Jefferson. Uh, we've got a bunch of guys that are scheduled to be here today. On the show, we'll have Johnny Hollywood Case. This guy, at 31 years old, is just a gifted fighter. He knows how to train. He might, he'll be making his pro boxing record tonight, or excuse me, tomorrow night. And uh, he's got an amateur uh or excuse me, a pro MMA record of 27-7-1. Now, what makes it special is that he's got about 280 of his closest friends because this is his hometown, and there's nothing like the hometown feel you get at Wild Rose. Here to talk about that is our good buddy, Travis Dvorak. Travis, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Scott. How are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm super excited to be able to watch a transition of the fighter Johnny Case for um, a lot of reasons, but you never know how those once-a-week boxing sessions or sparring sessions uh, affect a fighter because making a transition to something where you know you got to stay standing up, it's kind of a big deal. Anyway, so you've partnered up yet again with Monty Cox. Yes, yes. Took a pregnant pause there because I'm trying to remember how many extreme challenges Uh he's done. Oh, 270, something like that, maybe? Is that right? It's a, it's a huge number. It's more than... I knew that number, too, and I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that it's uh, anybody can beat it, that's for sure. <clears throat> anyway, there are a few tickets left. Tell folks how they can get... <clears throat> how, how folks can get in um, to there's the a, fights tonight. Where are tickets available? There's a couple ways to do it here. Um, if you go to our website, wildroserosorts.com, you can navigate to our events. You'll see uh, where you can come to us and purchase tickets. We're we're actually using Nitro tickets, and, and more specifically, the the promoter Monty Cox. He's selling the tickets, okay. and he used Nitro tickets. So you can go to nitrotix.com and go directly there, or if you go to wildroseresorts.com, we'll have the link. Okay, and then uh, you can order your tickets there. Otherwise, tomorrow day of sale, it'll be at our gift shop. You come here to Iowa Store, you can buy just tickets right here in the spot. There's not much left, but those that are left will be for sale. Exactly. That's kind of the idea. Have fun and uh, put on a good show. And it's a big card. It's much bigger than I anticipated, but I'm really glad that it's a, uh, I got to believe we start at 7, 7 p.m. A little bit early. Doors open 530. Um, hopefully the first first couple amateur matches will start around 630. So the, the warm-up matches, we'll probably get real come out 7 o'clock. But we got some really good early matches, too. The first two matches are kickboxing. So and and after those two, that's the kickboxing. Then we start the boxing matches, and that'll probably start at seven. But we've had kickboxing here before. Monty Cox was part of that, and and that kickboxing is fun to watch. Oh yeah, now I I was here for that. Yes, and I just remembered the sound of the striking. 
the striking with the leg. And if yes. you just saw Conor McGregor's most recent fight, yes. he was a master at yes. uh, just dominating his opponent until the very end. <laughs> you know, we've done MMA here with Monty Cox um, several times. We did a couple kickboxing and with, with him as well because right. there's, there's some trends changing that people are liking this kickboxing. And, you know, and talk about John Case here. A lot of these MMA fighters, they like to do the kickboxing boxing because that's part of their arsenal. Right. So they get to work on that discipline. So this is really up the alley for these MMA play, um, fighters. So a lot of, we saw a lot of MMA fighters do kickboxing really good. Um, guy named Joey Horn, Joe, uh, Jeremy Horn, excuse me, he's my age. And I seen him kick a guy in the head and knock a guy out with one kick. And uh, I can't do that at my age. Horn is, he can. Oh, my Horn's, gosh. That guy's he defies age, doesn't he? Yeah. He's also a very good gamer. Yes. So don't, don't ever accept a challenge from him where there's money involved. Yes. Okay. And he's, he's <laughs> yes, yes, I've heard that. That's right. Um, so now we're going to do boxing. This is actually our first boxing time here. Now, Monty's done boxing before. He did on the Quad Cities. Well, he, both of us actually started in boxing. As a yes, matter of fact, that's Monty right. gave me my start. There you go. At uh, a different location south of Des Moines. I, f I forgot all about that. That's right. Back in the Thai field days. <laughs> yeah. I remember that particular fight. I had paired up Dan Severn versus Butterbean, Eric That Esch. was at Lakeside, and uh -huh. I was there. Yeah. Yes. And the, do you remember what they did to the cage? They The weight of the two fighters went to the corner, and the corner of the cage itself, so it's angle iron or whatever the material sure. is, it just bent all out. I believe it. So the fighters and uh, officials and everybody was in there trying to straighten up the cage <laughs> to try uh, to meet some semblance of, you know, uh, the requirements laid down by the state of Iowa Athletic Commission. But uh, we warned them, it's got to stay on your feet. So Henderson, the beast, doesn't like, excuse me, Severn, Severn yeah. uh, the beast, doesn't... Uh, like to get punched in the face okay so a couple jab 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 and uh, gotta he, keep he, that mustache pretty he he goes in and knocks <laughs> butterbean to his back which is like a turtle on yeah. its back oh, yeah. you got to be several times bigger than me in order to help eric up but um it broke down again about 35 40 seconds later the state called it and then these both guys got on the mic and apologized. And then they said, we're going to be here all night long signing as many autographs. Yeah. Take as many. See, that's a gracious fighter because they're a part of the process. Yes. And that's what that's what I believe Monty Cox has specialized in over the years is uh, keeping everybody in uh, the know and part of the process. And we're going to be doing that here in Greene County. It's historic Greene County. Historic. Yeah. Now the bell tower is up and active, right? Yes, absolutely. If you ever get a chance, I've been up there a few times. If you ever come to Jefferson and you get a chance, go to the bell tower. I'm 100 feet tall or whatever it is. You can see the entire county from the top of it. You can I think they have stairs. Then let's take the stairs. I, I couldn't make it halfway up if I tried. But the elevator to the top, it's a beautiful tower that's, that you can see the entire county. And all three, you've got three different windows. So you, it's fun. I actually went up there one year for uh, 4th of July and got to see fireworks oh, from wow. the bell tower. It's kind of neat to see it from that elevation. Yeah. It's fun to see it from below. It's really cool to see it when you're parallel to the fireworks that are exploding. So we got a lot of neat things here. Um, it's a very historic town. Those who know the Gallup poll, Gallup is from this. I forget George. his first name. Yep. Yep. Um, you got uh, John Oates, the, the musician. 
I didn't know he was. From... Yeah, John Oates came from Jefferson. So Daryl Hall, John Oates. No, 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 not that, not that Oates. Uh, maybe it's not John. Oh my God, I gotta go back and look. I don't know my history that well. <laughs> no, this was a. I think he's a jazz player. Okay. Yeah, not not not, not Hall and Oates. Not Hall and Oates. Yeah. I might have the wrong. Oh, it's Oates. I might have the wrong first name. Anyway. Because um, I almost called J Town Oates's notes or something to honor him. How did the? By the way, you're you're mentioning where we are broadcasting here at the casino. Casino's doors open up at ten o'clock uh, this morning, and then uh, hot gaming action. I took part by golly yesterday on some quarter machines and some dollar machines. At one point, I was up almost one thousand dollars. Is this a story where you're going to say I was up? <laughs> well, of course I was up. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Kira? <laughs> uh, no, 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 I'm not laughing at you. Oh no, you're I'm laughing, laughing with you. She oh, knows th- how the story ends. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I, I always say I'm not a gambler, but I enjoy watching people game, and it's fun to go in and watch the table games. I love that big roulette wheel machine you've got in there. That's a big piece of equipment. It's I, a big piece of equipment but people really like it i brought electronic roulette i think i was the first one in the state to get electronic roulette and i did that when i was in emmitsburg and that was almost 15 years ago and it just took off and now you see most casinos have electronic roulette we got this nice big beautiful one um i i used to be a roulette dealer back in the day oh, is that right? so yeah and but it's just one of those games that people like on the electronic formats you know some people like blackjack electronic formats a little bit 50 50 there Things like poker and craps, you want to do that live, but uh, roulette's one of those games. And what's interesting nowadays, there's so much neat stuff. To, if, you, if you like to gamble, either a little or a lot for fun or for pleasure, whatever, I've got so many slots. I mean, you go anywhere, and I'm going to say come here because, right. you know, i got to promote myself, right? <laughs> and uh, a lot of, lot of neat slot machines, a lot of neat electronic table games now. So those who used to play blackjack and roulette, you can do that electronically if you want to. What do, is um, there an advantage? Fun. Is there an advantage to the Not new really. way, the electronic way? No, I think it's just a preference. You know, we're we're getting more and more in the electronic world. I mean, we're starting to do things on our phones now with sportsbook, and you know, who knows what goes from there? But I, it's just the, the way of the times, and there's no advantage one way or the other. Some people like the I think the roulette that's electronic might be a little faster. Um, I thought I was a good dealer, but I don't think I can keep up with the computer. But some people like the the the. Like blackjack, some people like the electronic version because they just want to gamble and be by themselves because a lot of people like to just be on their phone sort of thing. Some people want the human interaction. You go to a, here and you go to play blackjack, you know the dealer. It's almost like the movie. It's almost like the TV show Cheers and right. everybody knows Norm and <laughs> everybody knows Woody and everything. And so you find, you know, people come in and they know the dealer. The dealer knows you. We converse. Our, our employees are great. You talk to employees. They have conversations with you. And before you know, a lot of our regulars get to know our employees real close and so some people go to our blackjack tables because that blackjack dealer is kind of like the neighborhood bartender who you have your conversations with. Two weeks ago, um, on this very program, uh, we were sad to share the news that the uh, Japanese contingent uh, for the Tokyo Olympics had just voted to keep fans out of the arenas. Yeah. And... Uh, it's been a topic of ours now for about two weeks. I'd say that's right. Kira, would you agree two weeks? Yeah, yeah. I think we even talked about it a little bit last week. Yeah. So it's a, it's, it's a sad time that um, 
you know, when you see a population like Japan, it's, you know, they're under 20% vaccinated, 20%. We're sitting, yeah, we're cruising up around 80 uh, nationally. Some states different, of course. But, um, you know, I I really feel for the fans, but I also feel for the athletes because they want to perform in front of their families and friends. You know, I had this conversation. I don't know if it was with you or someone else, but, you know, some of these Olympians, some of them go to Olympics several times. Right. Most of them get one time. It's called cycling. Yeah. So you get some people, they go, they get one shot, one shot only. They don't make the next Olympics. It's just the way it is. And sometimes they're young. And think about you're the parent and you're, you're, you're someone's mom and dad and you can't go see your son or daughter. Or you're a young athlete and you can't have mom and dad who was with you the whole time not go. That, that's probably, I think, hurts. That bums me out more than anything else is the, the, the you know, the, the relationship to the parents. I mean, if that was one of my children, I couldn't go see it. I, I think I'd be heartbroken. I think my kids would be heartbroken. Well, you're going to be able to watch it on TV, at it's least the as it's presented sure. by the Great Peacock Network. But I, I have, um, I'm still got a bad taste in my mouth yeah. for Rio when Helen Maroulis became the first United States citizen, excuse me, woman to win Olympic gold. And they didn't report it on NBC or their platforms. Really? Yeah, it's, it's a, a heartbreaker. That's an unfair shame. Yeah. So we'll see Helen in Tokyo. We'll see Adeline Gray. Uh, by the way, the coaches have all been named. Some of these are personal coaches, but uh, Clarissa Chun and Terry Steiner are in the mix. Matt Terry Lindland. Steiner. The, you remember Matt Lindland as a fighter, right? He's the uh, National Greco coach. And I bring him up because okay. one of the biggest sponsors of Greco-Roman wrestling is, ready for it? I'm ready. The United States Marine Corps. Hoorah. Yeah. And your former. Semper Fi. Is you, are you always a Marine? Yes. Okay. So never a former Marine. Nope. Well, once okay. a Marine, always a Marine. Okay. Well, you can say former Marine. Don't say ex-Marine. No. That'd be impolite at best. My neighbor uh, is a retired Marine, and I still call him Marine. He still calls me Marine. So we've We got... call each other other names, too, but that's we'll leave that alone. Herb. <laughs> other Ken, coaches. Ken's a great guy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we've got um, Herb House. He's an assigned coach. There are a lot of personal coaches, including Jason Lukitis. He's the personal coach for Johnny Stefanowitz, head coach for the United States Marines. How about that? Spencer Hurrah. Spencer Mango, personal coach for uh, Hafizov and Alejandro Sancho. And I believe he's also assistant for the Army WCAP program. Women's freestyle coaches, we mentioned Terry Steiner. Uh, who is absolutely, he and his uh, twin brother, Troy, are two of my absolute favorite people in the world. Uh, n- not just because of the sport, but the fun they bring to their lives. And they were some of my favorite Hawkeye wrestlers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Clarissa Chen, I mentioned, and the National Freestyle Assistant Coach is going to be joining USA Wrestling Coaching Staff as the National Women's Freestyle Assistant Coach. How about that? It's awesome. All right. Brad Harper, personal coach for Sarah Hildebrandt. She's a name to watch. Let's see. Cody Sanderson, personal coach for Helen Maroulis, assistant coach at Penn State. Um, and I think Helen needed to make a change. So I'm, I'm interesting, interested to see the changes he's made and if it will indeed provide uh, the difference because there's – Something to do with her head injuries that she's received that uh, has taken her out of the game. 
a little bit, but I believe she's back. Bill Zadick, National Men's Freestyle Head Coach, is going to be uh, in Tokyo. He's been an integral part of the rise of Team USA, and it's amazing. My buddy Joe Russell, National Manager of Freestyle Programs, is also um, part of the coaching staff that will be going to Tokyo. Brandon Egham, the personal coach for Gable Stevenson. Uh, Kale Sanderson, of all people, is going to be there for Thomas Gilman, Taylor, and Kyle Snyder. Of course, he's the head coach of Penn State. Casey Cunningham, personal coach for David Taylor. This is one I wanted to talk to you about. David Taylor, Penn Penn State, if you recall, was recruited by Kale Sanderson when Kale Sanderson was at Iowa. Iowa State fans don't want to talk about this. (laughs) Well, but yep. But uh, the the point being, there's members of the Gibbons family don't want to talk about this. I can tell you that much. <laughs> the, the Rightfully so. Point being that if if you take a athlete uh, and put them up against talent like uh, Kyle Dake or Jordan Burroughs, you got a fifty fifty shot here at winning or losing. And he, sadly, he's been on the backside of the coin, um, that being tails. And recently. He made his very first world team. So just tells you if you make small adjustments in your career, do all the things right, and talk about a leader for our community. What a perfect example of what an athlete can be and what a person can be. David Taylor's got my vote. Cody Sanderson uh, is going to be joining in the – so that's a whole lot of Sandersons. Yeah, our issue isn't David Taylor himself. It's someone else associated with (laughs) We'll leave it at that. I think your listeners know where I'm going. You bet. You bet. We again. But David Taylor, he is phenomenal. He's a phenomenal athlete. Yeah. I, uh, again, folks, we want to remind you we are live today. In uh, well, I guess we're live every Friday morning, but today on the road in Jefferson, it's a short drive from the metro of Des Moines, about forty-two minutes, and you can make it. It's a very enjoyable drive, actually. You get a lot of thinking time. Do you do cell phone time on the road? I do because. God bless technology, and I'm older, and I don't get half the technology. And you know, when my daughter leaves the house, I'll probably be in trouble. But um, yeah, I do a lot of cell phone time because I, but only I don't like being on my cell phone while I drive. But because you can do it through your car and through the Bluetooth, whatever. Yeah, I find myself a lot of cell phone time when I have that windshield time. Have you ever been stopped by a police officer for using your phone? No, because I. I don't like using it unless I can use it through the Bluetooth. Okay. The, re- the reason I ask that, trip into New York City, coming across the GW, right, the George Washington yep. Bridge, and I get stopped yep. right after I go through the toll, right? Yeah. And the uh, guy says, get off your phone. I said, okay. That's all he said to me. So a little bit later, forward in my journey over by the Lincoln Tunnel, again, I get stopped. This guy says, yep. it's illegal to t- use your cell phone in the city. Uh, and I didn't get a ticket. He was kind enough. I think yep. you saw the wrestling logos on my on my clothing. But um, that was, you know, my first chance of being shut down by Big Brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, you go out there. There's a Big Brother. Amen. Amen. I'm not. I'm, I'm not trying to be political here, but it, no. it, good or bad, right or wrong, it is what it is. All right. By the way, if you missed the uh, interview with Dr. Enoch. Francois, the new assistant coach at Stanford. It's up on the website. It's usatakedown.com. Kira gets them up there about 30 minutes to an hour after the show's over, so you can listen to programs in their entirety. Uh, Kira, give them a, a little bit of a rundown on how they can find those interviews quickly. 
Yeah, absolutely. So the best way is, like you said, go to the website. Um, man, to be honest, I really think you should just listen through. Oh yeah, all of our all of our interviews are great. Um, I'd I like think to last think so. week last week the interview with Dr. Francois was in the last twenty minutes. So mm-hmm. if you really want to skip ahead, you can go to about thirty six minute mark. Yeah. Okay. How about that? I knew that. <laughs> That's scary. A lot of conversation out there about Wade Chalice and his most recent blog posts. Uh, perhaps we'll get a chance to talk about that. Stay tuned. There's more as we come to from the Wild Rose Casino in Jefferson. Travis Dvorak through one more session that I know he's got some meetings. Hopefully then Monty Cox will have made his way into the casino. He's Perfect. on his way. He's about a half hour away. Perfect. Well, probably 15 minutes now. Well, I can talk for 15 minutes all by myself. <laughs> yes, you can. All right. So let's take two break. Uh, here, if you don't mind, this portion of our show brought to you by our friends at Defense Soap. Also by here.com forward slash Casper. Again, live at Wild Rose Casino Studios. On The casino studios are on the road, and we are in the J-Town Cafe. On the other side of the break, Travis is going to share with us how it got its name. Stay tuned. There's more. You're listening to ESPN Radio. Think you heard everything? Stick around. You ain't heard nothing yet. More USA Takedown after this. Wouldn't you like to get away? All those nights when you've got no lights, the check is in the mail. Thank you. Cure is good. Welcome back to the show. It is USA Takedown. Scott Casper with you this morning's very special guest is our host, and that is uh, Travis Dvorak. Travis, you uh, take great pride in hosting uh, the public uh, for a variety of uh, events, concerts, and and um, what have you, but also in assembling. How, how do you guys uh, come up with the idea of giving away a car or two cars or two trucks? Uh, the bigger items. How is that established? Is there? There's no secret, is there? No, no. Gosh, no. There's no secrets in casinos. People think there are, but there's not. Um, when I was a dealer, I used to work at Meskwaki, and they used to give away cars. And every time they gave away cars, the place was full. And I used to kind of smile because I, I was a craps dealer back then. This is 25 years ago, if I want to show my age. But <laughs> I remember one time we gave away this brand new vehicle came out called a Lincoln Navigator, yeah. big old SUV, and this was probably '96, '97, sixty thousand dollars back then gave it away the place Meskwaki is a big place too yes it is place was packed and then they got a winner within a half hour the place was empty everybody came to win but once they found out they left but wow people want to win cars and you always you know you go to casinos in Vegas I you know before that I've been to Reno a couple times and you'd see the slot machines with the car on top and Meskwaki did that too and but boy every time we gave away a car you know people come in that's what people like they like to win those big things those big drawings and then i went to lakeside worked on there for a while and i saw the same thing going on there anytime we gave away some cool cars used to give away hummers when back when the big hummers were around and people yeah. didn't care about gas mileage and everything and that was before gas was two bucks i think it was gas was buck 40 back then showing my age again but <laughs> so you know we started doing wild rose we we've been around for 15 years jefferson six years and so well we try to give away cars and then you know Aaron Harn, he, he, he does data analysis. You remember Aaron with the marketing, and he, yep. he looks at all the numbers, and by God, you know what happens? We give away cars. People like them. They want them. And so every time we do, we get big crowds. And 
if this is you know this is this is a customer business and just like what ESPN Radio is, we we the customers tell us what they want and we give the customers what they want and customers still want cars so we're going to be doing cars again funny story i was going to get a ford bronco out i pre-ordered a ford bronco because i want to be one of the first ones to bring a ford bronco and i ordered a diamond edition which is one of the nicer editions well ford came out with the sport edition okay no problem okay i'm like well why, why not first i said well we're not doing the diamond editions yet okay fine can't get them now everything's on halt with all the labor shortages right. and chip shortages, I got an email. I kept emailing the Ford dealership, say, "Hey, where's my Bronco?" And he's like, "I don't know." And finally, I got an email from Ford itself. They must have sent out to everybody who did pre-orders and said, "Hey, we don't know when they're going to be made." It's part of the world we're in now with all these shortages. But um, that Ford, I, I can't wait to get that Bronco Diamond Edition. I thought I would have had it last November. I'm not sure if I can get it this November now. And it's it's not Ford's fault. It's just the world we live in now, right? Exactly. But, you know, the bottom line is I didn't, I didn't invent the wheel. Someone did. Car giveaways have been popular. We do it. It's popular. People like it. And so as long as people like it, that's what we do. I mean, that's what we're doing, right? It's always something new and fresh, though. Um, and during the pandemic, uh, you were able to take a very close look at things you wanted to do. Uh, I have to ask, how do you decide what machines to bring in? How do, do you go shopping? We do. Well, the shopping comes to us. Um, a little bit of both. Um, there's several manufacturers out there that make slot machines, and they make them for everybody. There's not a slot machine that I have that somebody else doesn't have. And, you know, so, so salesmen come up and say, we've got these slot machines. And there's major manufacturers out there that, again, slot machines throughout the country and some throughout the world. And they show us the new stuff. And usually what I do is I say, well, I might try some new things. This looks really cool. Hey, this new Wheel of Fortune looks really cool. Wheel of Fortune's always popular. I might say, hey, you got The Walking Dead. That's really cool. Let me let me try that. And then some, I say, hey, before I start buying a bunch, tell me how they're doing. So sometimes what I do, because I'm a small casino, I don't want to spend a lot of money on machines. I don't know if they're good or not. Right. Um, I owe it to my customers to give them things that I know they want. So a lot of times I'll sit there and say, hey, have they been out? Yep. They've been the casino A, Y, Z, A, B, and C. How they've been doing? Well, they've been performing really well. People really like them. Okay, now I'll take them. Because I want to make sure that, uh, and Ian Wilkinson, he's our casino manager here. He does the same thing. We really don't want to bring slot machines in until we know they're popular in other places. Because if I'm going to spend the money on my customers, I want to make sure it's something my customers they want. They've got to be pretty pricey. They can be. They can be. And that's why I want to make sure that I know what the product is. Mm -hmm. Different slot machines. Some people like some. Some people like that. There's such a variety of slot machines because there's such a variety of customers that that you know it's it's not the same thing so you can't just get one plug it in the same thing so like you go to here we got about 520 slot machines they're all a little different some are videos some are real some are poker some are pennies some are ten dollars um, some have bonuses some some don't it, it there's a just there's a variety of people out there and they have a variety of wants needs and desires and they gamble and so me try, and so what we always try to do is match that up and try to find that proper mix with mm -hmm. that with that mix of customers we have and so there's, there's a lot of shopping involved, and there's a lot of work because we want to make sure we do it right. Because, again, you know, we're a customer service industry. We're entertainment. Um, and so we always want to make sure we have the product that customers want. So we do go through a process. Mm -hmm. I don't – every once in a while I might sit there and say, hey, they got, they got a Scott Casper slot machine. i got to have that one. <laughs> yeah. We know that's going to be a winner, of course. But <laughs> I've done that a couple of times where I've gone shopping and said, that looks really cool. Bring it in. But sometimes I've done that and it didn't work for me. So really? I've kind of learned to say, okay, Travis, you got to quit your window shopping. 
What's... My favorite game was a game called Big Buck Hunter, where the bonus round is you took the, these shotguns, like the video game that you'd see at bars, the Big Buck. It was cool, but it just didn't get very popular. People played it, didn't like it, and I, okay. I had to send it back. What's, Kira, uh, you had a question. Yeah, what's, what's like, <laughs> have you ever seen a slot machine where you were like, why, why, why is that on a slot machine? Something <laughs> just like crazy. Yes, I went to it on, on top of this, like a lot of businesses, you have an annual convention. And of course, ours is in Vegas. <laughs> Most people put theirs in Vegas anyway, but how do we not, right? Slot machines have a big convention every year. We get to see their new products. And there was one, it was The Walking Dead, but it was so gory and so realistic to the TV show, I wasn't sure if I wanted to bring it in because I didn't know if that was too much blood and guts that maybe somebody who plays it, sees it, gets a little sickened by it. I personally kind of liked it, but that's me personally. Right. But I didn't bring it in. Um, I've had reserved thoughts. There's a company called Bally that make Playboy games. And I always get a little weary, and I almost feel guilty even trying them out. But when I find out that they don't get too revealing, I'm okay with it. But even then, I is this appropriate? I mean, they're not getting fully unclothed or anything but just the thought do i want that in here and i know i know the playboy games are popular in other places yeah is that right for iowa i don't know you know we're pretty much a conservative state yeah okay red state we're not sin city no it's um you have to be sensitive i think to the communities you serve golly you've taken care of green county so nicely with the I don't know what your commitment on an annual basis is as far as giving back to the community. Aside from the people you're employing, the gas that's being sold at the gas stations, the donuts, et cetera, you know, it's, it, there, there's something more that Gary Kirk wanted to make an impact in every single community yep. his casinos are in. You know, I got him. I want to tell you one, 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 one story that might answer your question, Kira. Um, oh, this is about 10 years ago. Company had some had, had machinists based off the TV show Sex in the City. And they convinced me to get I said, oh, I don't know. I mean, I think that's got one demographic. I don't know if guys will play it. And I, I want something that probably fits a lot of demographics, but one. I they would. said, oh, no, great game, great game. They convinced me to try it. I said, I'll try it. And I thought, you're going to get the small demographic of women who play it. And it's not a, being a, a woman or man deal. Just a small demographic is what concerned me. And I thought... I'm always trying to something that's good for everybody. And oh my gosh, that thing was my most popular game for six <laughs> months. And every time I looked there, anybody and everybody, I think I saw men play it more than women. And I would think that if the, if the TV viewers, there's probably more women watching that show than men. When the slot machines, men were playing it left and right. It was my most popular game for six months. I had to call up the manufacturer and say, "You're right, I'm wrong. Thank you." In the in the background, you can hear the train going by. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> and then the other one, one other story, and we'll get on, but um, another manufacturer they were doing shows uh, off the Batman movies, the back one with the Christian Bale and and Heath Ledger, and right. they had one with the Joker and Heath Ledger, and that was really really popular. Well, then that thing happened in Aurora, Colorado, where they had the showing of the third film, and that crazy guy went to the theater and shot people, that horrible right. situation. And I give the manufacturer a lot of credit. They immediately contacted all of us casinos and said, do you want us to pull that machine? Not that it's the machine's fault, but people might see that. Sure. And think that we're trying to profit off of what happened this joker who, yeah. And 
I thought about it, and I talked to my staff, and we looked around, and people were playing, and we talked to them, and, no, and, and in this case, no one cared. They said, no, we're fine. We, we understand. And it was a popular game. So we ended up keeping it after we talked to our customers. But I do appreciate the fact that IGT was the manufacturer. They called us and said, hey, do you want us to get rid of that machine? Yeah, I think you got to be sensitive. Yeah, and that know? was the right call. And, you know, I thought the answer was going to be yes until I talked to my staff and the staff talked to the employees. But I don't think I ever walked up and said, what the heck is that thing and why is that a good idea? <laughs> you get a few of those. Um, oh, sure. You get in those conventions. You get some people that are trying to make a niche because they're trying to find something unique. And I can't think of one right now. I know as soon as I get off the air, I'll probably think of five. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, some some people get a little crazy, but nothing super weird. All right, so the, the weigh-ins for the fights tomorrow night, the weigh-ins are tonight. I'll be hosting that. And it's um, fair. Is it spare time? Spare time? Spare time lanes. Lanes, you bet. And um, the hosts there are always so kind, the husband and wife, um, whose names escape me right now, but just very... John and Vicky. John and Vicky. all right. But they're very accommodating. Oh, they're great. And uh, what wonderful partners to have in a community that, you know, obviously enjoys the fun provided. Yes, John and Vicki Woodford with Spare Time Lanes. It is that traditional Iowa small business where the owners run it, right. and they are the nicest people in the world, and they're all about their customers. Right. Well, you know, it, it was a, a few years ago, they had to make a decision on whether to close the lanes yes. or dump a bunch of money into them to bring them up, up to snuff. What is that, Pro Bowlers Association? Uh, so they did. They made the choice and said, we're going to recommit. Uh, the bank stood behind them. And they were able to make the improvements needed. And that is a very nice, how many lanes is that, 10? I think they're still at 10. I know he's kind of hoping to someday maybe relocate and do a 20 lane so we can start doing tournaments, like state tournaments, because those are popular. Um, but right now, I think he's still, he's still got 10 lanes. Well, he's going to have to move to expand. Right. Oh, well, he's kind of landlocked but or I know building he's, locked. He it? is. And I know he's looking at uh, other options. He is looking at those options. So, And I, and I, hope, I think someday it will happen. The weigh-ins for many of us, it's the first time that we get a look at the fighters, the people that are traveling with them, whether it's family members, buddies, coaches, what have you. But uh, one of the fighters I'm looking forward to seeing is out of Des Moines. Uh, this will be uh, his professional debut, and it's Diego. Now, I'm going to have a lot of trouble with the last name, okay? Diego Osuna Zuniga. Zuniga, I believe that's correct. Anyway, he's going to be taking on Ricky Castro Jr., but this guy is a beast when it comes to uh, his style. He's a very nice guy. I understand he's got four kids and is well appreciated in the community. Yeah, well, of course he's nice. You, 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 do, you plan on making him mad or something? <laughs> no, no. I learned that years ago as, as a promoter and as an announcer. Keep your mouth shut and keep moving. <laughs> I've learned that big guys are nice because no one's going to take them off. That's right. That's generally the case. Uh, your heavyweight champs are some of the nicest people, and nobody challenges What's it. that big guy that Monty always had? Oh, Just tall Ty, tree. Ty Fields? No, no. Oh, Tim Sylvia. Tim Sylvia. Yeah. Nicest guy in the world, but, yeah, you don't. who's going to make him mad? I, I set <laughs> him up with a, uh, a uh, one of my wife's best friends. We were in Las Vegas to cover a UFC fight, and to see her at about 4'11", oh. and Tim at about 6'7", 
<laughs> I knew he was big, but the first time I met him was our first fights here. Yeah. And I, that is a, a mountain among men. He has grown and they've been able to take weight off, grown yeah. again, take weight off. But we took him to dinner at um, at the New York, New York in Las Vegas. And we're, I know there's a table in the kitchen. It's like a clamshell. Sure. So it's about 12. So I figured, you know, I'll ask for the table and we got it. But watching him wolf down oh, their biggest God. steak, amazing. I bet. Amazing. And nice, to, nice guy. I miss him. There was one fight. I was doing a, a radio show from 7 to 9 a.m. Uh, at the MGM Grand, okay? And s- think about it. 7 a.m. in Las Vegas. Yes. Ain't, ain't nobody around. No. In walks Tim Sylvia. He's got his arm in a cast. This is when he had injured himself. Okay. Um, and he sits down. He said, Dana, want me to come down and sit and talk with you? I said, okay. Then Big John McCarthy walks in with his beautiful wife. And we had the best time talking with these guys. And they're PR people for the UFC, Jack, and, and the rest of the uh, staff. That was back in the foundational days of what has become one of the greatest sport uh, success stories in the history of sports. If you look at what they are doing compared to the numbers for the NFL or Major League Baseball, it's amazing how they've uh, begun, not begun, but continue to dominate. Monty Cox calling. I'd put him on hold. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Kieran, let's let's go to break a little bit early, if you don't mind. Whatever you want. <laughs> You're very kind. All right, uh, my best to... Uh, everybody back at the Des Moines Radio Group for making this weekend uh, happy. Um, there's been some changes there, and uh, we were able to fit right in, and um, they provided us all the equipment we needed, with the exception of what David provided. <laughs> yes, David does a great job here. Yeah, he's, he's our, your engineer? He is our He's our IT manager. He's also our network engineer, and he actually is our network engineer for a couple of our properties. Um, don't ask me what he does because it's well beyond my comprehension. Monty wants to know where we're at. Apparently, he's not listening to the radio. Tell him, tell him we're in Clinton. See if he turns around. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Today, Monty, today. Anyway, tell you what, we'll take a quick time out. We are live at Wild Rose Casino in Jefferson at Scott Casper. Travis Dvorak will be hooking up with... Um, Monty Cox coming up, and we'll take a further deep dive into the the uh, tail of the tape for the fights that are scheduled to get underway tomorrow. Again, doors are at 5.30? Doors 5.30, and probably we'll do the National Anthem at 6.30 and start fights after that. Beautiful. Stay tuned. There's more. This is USA Takedown. USA Takedown is brought to you by Barbarian Apparel and Kaldenberg's PBS Landscaping. Stay tuned. More USA Takedown after this short time off. Hello again, everybody. It is Scott Casper with you live on ESPN Radio, the Wild Rose Casino Studios. We are live on the road at Wild Rose Jefferson. Why? Because uh, it's fight week. And uh, tonight, the weigh-ins. Uh, what time are the weigh-ins? Time are the weigh-ins, Monty. He's, he's going seven fingers there, so I'm thinking they're at 7 o'clock tonight. Oh, I'm hoping. I was having trouble catching Did I count up. right? 
<laughs> so we're going to be joined by Monty Cox here in a minute. But you had a further conversation, Travis, that you wanted to have with Kira, yeah. and her question was? Oh, uh, Kira wanted to know if I, when I go on to convention, if I just seen some slot machines. As soon as I saw them, I rolled my eyes and said, no way. I can't say I found anything really horrible. Um, but a couple things that I saw, and I just said, I don't think this is going to work. People were trying to embrace technology and technology at the time. So back when the Wii's came out, and that was cool. I had one. I used to Wii bowl all the time, and that was really cool. But uh, one of the manufacturers was showing us this, this slot machine that they're trying to incorporate a Wii controller, and it was almost like you were an airplane. You're trying to fly, and you're using the Wii controller <laughs> to control the airplane, and as you fly, you hope to pick up some, pop some balloons or something, like a video game, and that was the bonus round, and... I said, no, that's not going to work. And then another, they're talking about video games. One tried to incorporate uh, Breakout, the old Breakout from the old Atari. Right. Oh, And even had the little paddle controller. And it looked kind of cool. I would play it because it's cool for me, kind of like the Jeremy Horn gamer thing. (laughs) But I'm sitting there thinking this isn't going to be for a lot of customers because I can just see, you know, it takes a while when you play those games like Pong to, to understand that and get the feel of that controller. Did I thought, you just bring up Pong? I just brought up Pong. <laughs> that was my age. But, you know, I, I had the old Atari 2600 with the paddle. And it takes you a while to figure that out. I said, and even when I tried, I said, oh, I used to play this game all the time as a kid. I played at the convention. I was horrible. I'm like, God, if I can't do it, no one else is. I mean, not no one else, but a lot of people ain't going to. I was good on Centipede and Space Invaders. Well, and they tried to send somebody had a Centipede. And that was really cool. They even had the little ball thing. Right. They were trying to find ways to incorporate video games in there. And I just thought, this is really cool, but this isn't going to work. I think in some cases, the technologies have to be separate. Yes. So, in other words, a, a game at home is completely different than a game on a casino floor. Yes. At least that's my observation. <clears throat> Another one had an idea that they actually put to market, tried it. It really didn't work where you'd play for a while, and then it prints you a ticket. It gave you a code. You went online, and then you played a social game on their website and then unlocked something, and then you can go back to slot machine. You could, It'd unlock other bonus rounds, and they're trying to get you on, on their website and stuff like that. And I... <clears throat> Some things just don't mix. Right. Uh, and, and I give people credit for trying. you got to try things. But when you have to take your slot machine ticket, and you can cash out, but I give you a second ticket, which was a code to go to their website to go play a social game. And I tried, and I played, and I got, I got bored with it. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, and I'm an old Pong guy, for God's sake. So, yes. uh, and, then if you could, and then one was just you could never beat it. And if you did, then you can unlock something, take that slot ticket, put it back to the slot machine, and then it opens up other bonuses that you could win mm-hmm. while playing. And they, they outthought themselves made it too complex. And I, I mean, we even tried it, and I didn't think it would work. But I thought I'd try because it, it was a Star Trek theme, and I'm a Star Trek junkie. And i like, yeah, we'll try it. <laughs> yeah. Didn't work? Didn't work. It's funny. The thing it was cool that, looking. Yeah. The Star Trek part was cool, but the rest wasn't. Well, there's a lot of reasons to play. And yeah, some, cling on to one. You couldn't do anything about it. Sometimes. <laughs> there's sometimes uh, machines that entice you. My favorite, Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune's always been solid. Yeah, great performer, and it's a multi-stage. Absolutely. And uh, you have a chance to win some big money on the progressives. and Customers like those wheel bonuses. That's just good or bad, right or wrong, that's the way it is. And yeah. that's where Wheel of Fortune's been great. And other companies have tried to... They've tried to duplicate that, and they just never could. 
Travis, I, I know you've got other things to do than yep. to join us on the radio, but I really appreciate you having us out. Also, Always a pleasure. I, I love the fact that you have been a, a very integral part of uh, bringing mixed martial arts, now boxing and kickboxing, uh, to our communities. These athletes want to perform. It's about time we get back to live events in a big way. We appreciate Live your events, time. no restrictions. We're safe and secure up here. We've got no issues up here. We are a safe county. It's time to go full live. Customers want it. By the way, thank you for caring early on when others were slow to the draw. Wild Rose Casino made active decisions quickly and to the benefit of the general public. We're, we're here for our customers long term, and we always want to be clean. We always want to be safe. And during the pandemic, we always want to make sure that we were very safe. Mm. Well, safety comes first. Absolutely. I want your, I want customers for life. I want that life to be long. All right, buddy. Thank you very much for the time this morning. Great conversation. We went around the block a bit, but I have fun. Yeah, I did too. Thank you. I probably <laughs> talked a little too much. <laughs> Not at all. That's my job. <laughs> I'll think of some more unique things I've seen. I'll bring them up on the next shows. As we get uh, ready for Monty Cox's appearance on the program, um, it's been reported that the NCAA panel has approved rule changes for correcting in-match timing errors. The NCAA Playing Rules Oversight Panel on Tuesday approved wrestling rules changes allowing the referee to correct timing errors when that referee has reasonable knowledge of the corrections that need to be made. The NCAA Wrestling Committee, which is slow to change, I can say that. I can appreciate what they're doing and why they are taking their time. Sometimes it's just because it is change. Not everybody likes change. Uh, most recently, Way Chalice has written. Go ahead, there. Uh, Way Chalice has written about um, jumbling up the weights, uh, and the most recent being, if there's a forfeit, the institution, the school will be fined. Think about that, Monty Cox. How are you? Doing good. When you think about an institution that sponsors, in this case, wrestling, if there is a forfeit. Um, you're denying the general public who paid for a ticket, right? Correct. And the the offending school or schools, in this case, if uh, both teams forfeit, then they both have a loss on their record. Think about that. Huh. That could have serious implications for the NCAA seedings, NCAA crowns, excuse me, championships, because... Um, uh, you know, sometimes it comes down to just a few points. Obviously, yeah. So it's awfully close. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing good. It's fight weekend. It is. And you came down from Michigan. Yeah, I drove. Uh, we drove from east of Detroit, and uh, it took us about 10 hours to get to uh, Des Moines. And then we stayed over. We got in about 2 in the morning. And then uh, tried to get a little sleep and hit the f the fire alarm went off at three thirty. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. And then uh, we went back to sleep and it went off again at six. And we said, you know what? Let's let's get in the shower and let's get out of here. And so that's that's six. what we did. <laughs> Short night. I didn't sleep well for some reason last night either. So I'm gonna have to take a nap before the weigh-ins. Now the weigh-ins are tonight at seven, right? Yes, at okay. the 
Beer Time right. uh, Lounge uh, in Jefferson. I always think it's fair time, but it's not. <laughs> it's spare time. It is. Monty, congratulations on a career that has gone on and on and on. In many cases, you've fed families just by giving their fighters opportunities. Mm-hmm. And uh, the change that you're making now is hearkening back to the days of old when you and I were just young pups in the business, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. boxing is enjoying some sense of a, a resurgence. It, there's no doubt, and and uh, I think it, I think the people who killed boxing, Don the King. the big promoters, Don King, Bob Arum, yep. um, they they kind of killed it, and now that they're, I mean, they're both are still involved, but barely, and now that they're kind of being phased out, it's a rebirth. Right. It's it's there are all new promoters. There's new, it's I I mean you still have the the old regime, you know. But it used to be the young guy in boxing was 70. I mean, it, it was amazing how long people had been around. I mean, you, you could – it, it, everyone had been around boxing for 50 years. Remember when they did the Olympic judging, the problem they had with the judging were the, the judges averaged 67 years old, and they couldn't do the button press fast enough to make it work. And so you'd have a, a fight that has tons of action, and a guy would win 8-3. to three. Because they could only get their fingers fast enough to get to count eleven punches, now, it's just how boxing was. There, there's a, um, a fighter, competitor, stuntman turned judge. You know who I'm talking about? I'm trying. Just... Turned judge. Yeah, most notably, you'll see him in Las Vegas situations, uh, at <laughs> fights out there, but. Um, Judo Gene LaBelle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course, okay. everyone knows him, yeah. Everybody knows Judo, loves Gene. Uh, what, a, what a tremendous asset he's been to the fight game. But you're right. They are, they are aging dinosaurs. Yeah. And, and the, the judging can't be done by, um, uh, you know, favoritism because you've been doing it for 10 years or 20 years or whatever. We have to keep improving. The athletes deserve no less. Correct. And and they tried that with the with the uh, with the keyboard thing. I mean, it was the new thing. I mean, everyone who's you know four years old to thirty to forty are all pretty good with their fingers from typing Game Boy, whatever it is. Yeah. But that's that's not who was judging. The judges, not that they're bad judges. That they're they're probably the best judges we have at watching a fight and picking who won. But when it came down to counting punches with their fingers, that was not for them. And so they finally got they got rid of it. Right. But the um, but what I'm saying is all the the older regime of boxing is moving on, and there's a lot of new people coming in. And uh, I I kind of look at it just like when I started in MMA. You know, there was nothing, and I I came into this and. Uh, Decided to do it again when Militich fought Michael Nunn. How was that? I loved it. I, I thought it showed that two guys at that age, the skill. I mean, Pat's in ridiculous was shape. Was it a three-round fight? Uh, no, we just did four rounds. Four rounds. Four okay. rounds. All right. and, and, I mean, Pat runs, you know, I mean, he runs that 100-mile race, you know, out, out in, That's right. in, in wherever. I mean, it might, he's in, he, his shape's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll go, just had a 26-mile training run. What? What? Yeah. How long and then, was and then he had breakfast. Yeah, and then then worked out. And so so Pat's in incredible shape. Michael was not in as good a shape, 
but you don't lose the skills that he had. I mean, the way that he moved around the ring and and flicked that jab out. I mean, he'll he'll have that till he's ninety, right? And he'll beat most people <laughs> with it. And so so I thought it showed a lot of uh, skill for guys that age. And they, they we only had two agreements. Uh, Pat didn't want to be hit with uppercuts because his his neck is fused together. And he goes, I don't want to be carried out of here. Right. And and Michael was like, you know, I I'd rather not be kicked in the knee, and you know, be have to be carried out of here because my leg breaks. Right. And and so the, those are the only agreements. Other than that, they went at it. And and it, and it, was it wasn't bad. It was a gentleman's agreement. Correct. To put the fight together in the first place. Right. They well, what happened was when we we all they came here to this show. Yep. And to, well, to this this casino and. Uh, they were talking and uh, about doing something with boxing and stuff, and and I jokingly said, you know, or one of those guys I think started and said, well, we'll fight each other, <laughs> and I said, don't tease me. I right. go because that's a fight. Yep. And I go, that's a fight I can promote. I I know what a big fight is. That's a big fight in in Davenport. The two greatest fighters of all time from that city. You bet. You know and. Uh, they go, we could do that, and that's how it all kind of got started. And and it was a huge success. It was a lot of fun for me, and I th- I thought, you know, maybe I need to take a break from the MMA because I really was kind of – I still enjoy it, but, you know, anytime you're doing 25 years of anything, right? It, it, I was I needed a change to get fired up again. And, and then I met my partner, Scott Tolzman, and uh, at the nun fight, he did a lot of the undercard. And uh, it, for the first time in, in my life, I have a partner who works as much as I do. And I don't mean that in a bragging way. No. But I work a lot. I work a lot of hours. I put in a lot of time. And most partners, it's difficult because I can. they're not doing anything I can't do. Right. They just make my life easier. Mm-hmm. Well, this is different. This guy knows boxing. Inside now, 20 years of it, he's a matchmaker. So he took the matchmaking out of my hands for the boxing. That's huge. And then, and then I went on to start finding sponsors. Well, I thought, I thought I was very good at. By the I way. thought I was terrible. I thought I was the worst sponsor getter ever no, no. because I'd never had time to do it. So I, I thought I'm bad at it. I don't do it. He gave me time, and I signed up 11 sponsors, four national sponsors. You know, we got DraftKings from from here is on board, U.S. Air Force. Right. You know, I mean, it's been a blast. And it only took me one show to get television. Um, And now I'm working on a a bigger TV deal. And, I mean, it's just taken off. It's it's been fantastic. I love the idea that you are constantly, um, and you've got to be happy. Yeah. uh, But you're constantly reinventing yourself. Uh, we go back to boxing, and the demise of boxing, as you stated earlier, was because of the old dudes that were involved. I, right. re- I remember I accidentally called Bob Arum, asked for Don King. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And you know how tight they were? Oh, yeah, very, very. <laughs> There's so many um, uh, opportunities lost due to COVID, okay? Yeah. What hasn't happened, what we expect to see happen, matchups that we expected to see within the UFC, didn't get a see. Um, but there's no hurry. You know, we just want to get back to having fun and enjoying ourselves and our lives. Yeah. Um, which brings up my, my uh, final question for you of the hour. Uh, talk to us about Manny Pacquiao. What do, you, what do you think about him 
uh, in a return to the ring? You know, I mean, these guys, I, after watching what Nunn and, and Pat did in, the, in their 50s, and Michael at 58, right? you know, I mean, if, if these guys, you know, I don't know the situation. Do they need the money? Do they just need the glory? Do they, you know, we, you know, everyone has a different, a different reason for why they, why they do something. Um, could be boredom. I can't imagine Pacquiao's hurting for money, but we never, you know. He's so helpful. He, he can to, buy his country. Exactly. I think he already has. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I just think if they, I, I just think at that age when you get older, as long as the commissions make them pass the right medical tests, the stress tests, all those things, if they're Ocular. cleared, yeah, if they're cleared, I mean, Michael and Pat, oh my gosh, they had to go through, I've never seen so many tests. I mean, every test I've never heard of, I had to look them up. Because it, cause it 50 right? some, yeah, it, it went, I mean, it was crazy. And they passed everything. Everyone said, you are in, to those guys, in ridiculous shape. You know, Pat, you know, who can run 20, who, who can run 26 miles? as a training run right you know everyone says you ran a marathon you're incredible he does that to train you know i thought i'd accomplished something when i ran my first at the university of iowa and i trained for it believe me i trained for it but i was 170 pounds yeah. you know there's a whole lot of difference between then and now all right tell you what my real, real quick i gotta yeah. brag about myself we get about a minute a, a week ago i ran from my house to the car without stopping yeah uh, it was in the driveway but i ran all the way. How's that <laughs> so work I out for you? No, I was exhausted. <laughs> I was exhausted. <laughs> All right, Kara Jones, our producer, she'll take it from here. You're listening to USA Takedown. Scott Casper, Monty Cox. We are live at Wild Rose Casino in Jefferson. It's fight weekend. We've got the weigh-ins tonight, and of course, the exciting fights tomorrow night. Five thirty doors. We'll be back. There's more. Hour number two is up next. Stay tuned. Casper will be right back with more USA Takedown. Welcome back to the show. Hour number two as we come to you live from Jefferson, Iowa, coast to coast, border to border, and all the ships at sea. It's a program for 30 years now you've been able to count on for a mixed bag of news, reviews, and we take a look at what's going on for the Tokyo Olympics. And uh, I don't know, have you ever been to an Olympic game? Yes. Monty Cox joins us. Um, I have. Is it as crazy as people, you know, make it out to be? Yeah, it is. And and it, um, I went to the uh, Atlanta games. Okay. When of course we had the explosion. Right. Um, my job that was when I was working with newspapers. I was a sports editor for the Muncie Evening Press. That's right. And I uh, I went down and I just wrote a column a day. So I had all of these events, and and you know if you want to go to basketball. It's loaded. I mean, everyone's there. So I didn't want to do that. So I tried to find different things. So I did uh, women's rowing mm -hmm. first and saw the, the, the German girls who were like an average of 6'2", 195. I mean, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, what did they say about the Great Experiment? <laughs> <laughs> was, were, no, that's Russia, actually. Yeah, well, they were, they were big, 
but beautiful. Yeah. It wasn't like, you know, we used to say the East German, they look like men. No, these weren't men. There's no doubt about that. Wow. And but they were just big, muscular, uh, great athletes. And then um, I went to archery uh, as another one to something different that, that not everyone goes to. You know, I was I, I was maybe the only reporter there. And, and so you get to the, all the athletes are so excited to talk to you because no one's coming, you know. And, and they're sitting there saying, you know, here I am. I made the Olympics. I can't even get a reporter to talk to me. Seriously, if you think about it, Monty, um, having been in broadcasting uh, a majority of my life, um, and we take a look at a variety of sports or why doesn't the local TV station cover uh, an international event in wrestling. Uh, but now... You know, it's 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 almost a fear of knowing what you don't know. You, you understand what <laughs> yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. And so they don't stretch themselves. They'll repeat a story three or four times a day. Uh, when I say they, uh, news stations. Right. And it's it's pretty common. But once in a while, you'll find somebody like uh, Elias Johnson, okay, wrestled mm-hmm. for Arizona State, uh, great TV personality on Channel Five in Des Moines, now retired from there. But he had a great understanding, and he could tell the story of the sport well. And from that well, okay, from that well of uh, and the mass of athletes that come out of wrestling, they've had a serious impact on the world of mixed martial arts. Sure. What sport uh, gives you that same type of opportunity that wrestling gave to mixed martial arts or mixed martial arts gave to wrestling? Which one backs up boxing? In other words, where does that well start? Is it still Golden Gloves? Yeah, but, you know, like this year, the Iowa didn't even have the Golden Gloves. Uh, there wasn't enough interest or funding, and so there there was none. So that those Iowa athletes have to – they're going to Wisconsin uh, oh, that right? to theirs. So I, I think boxing with the younger kids right now may be struggling a little bit. Um, but But past that to the pros – where they're just getting into the pros and all that. Right. There's shows all over. We may we may soon have four boxing promoters out of Davenport. Is that right? Yeah. I'm not overly thrilled. I don't really need competition. <laughs> I mean, I'm used to it, but I don't need it. But but that's just an example of where this thing is headed. So regrowth, opportunities. Uh, is the commission, um, the Iowa State Athletic Commission, are they um, – has their boxing rules changed since you were last promoting a pure boxing matchup? No, the 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 pro boxing uh, is the same. The only the difference is uh, I I also do amateur kickboxing. Okay. And and the reason I did that was because that to me that was an opening there in the Quad Cities where we had a lot of good kids, but they had nowhere to fight, and and uh, so I started throwing one kickboxing on my, on a show one of them and and i happened to to get in with um, uh, uh adam frederick mm-hmm. who was so exciting and my partner i said you know we got to try two well now now at the next shows in september we'll oh. have eight kickboxing and eight pro boxing where will that one be at the Mississippi valley fairgrounds okay and so we're doing two sh- complete shows but a whole amateur kickboxing show um, now, the weird thing with that is that amateur kickboxing is not sanctioned. They tried to get it sanctioned this year, and they didn't get it on the docket. So so they'll try again next year. But, you know, I still follow the same rules. doesn't matter whether it's 
I still have the ambulance. We still do all the things. The doctor. Da, yeah, da, da. still yeah. do that. But not everyone in the state does, you know. I find sometimes it's the simple details that slip through the cracks. And I don't remember which number it was, but we were doing a fight in the green room here in Jefferson. And uh, it's about time to, you know, start making introductions and everything and hear the national anthem. Well, we're all looking around. Where's the flag? You know, where's the United States of America flag? So I dug one up and brought it out, and uh, that was a good night of fights. Sometimes uh, the undercard can be even more exciting than the main events. You know, and, and the undercard is so unpredictable. You, the undercard are, are guys that that the matchmakers really don't know that much about, and that's what the fight's there for is to learn about, that, about those guys. We'll find out in the ring what they got. Right. And sometimes... You just you just get so lucky. It's so good, um, you know. I I've we're gonna have fun tomorrow. There's some I, there are fights pro fights that I know are gonna be really good. No doubt in my mind, they're gonna be knockdown drag out. And then there's a handful of of a, a couple of young young fights with uh, kickboxers, you know, Tama against South Dakota, and um, I don't know. I don't know how they're gonna go. I just wanted to give them a chance, you but, know. I, but, and by the way, I want to go down the card before we lose track of time because we've got Diego scheduled for yeah. uh, ten twenty, and then we have Johnny K scheduled for ten forty. I want you to stay through those as well uh, because they are guys that are looking to change it up. Case is thirty one years old. Dude, that that guy is a ticket selling machine. Unbelievable the number ma- of tickets he, he sold for is this event. A machine, I you know. If I if I had any more good tickets, he'd sell those. I'm I'm out of VIP. I'm out of ringside. I'm out of tables. I mean, it, it's all sold out. Anything I get that comes back, he grabs and they're gone. You know, the mice better not be gone. I've got to tell you that <laughs> it's not. And, and with binoculars, you can see the ring. <laughs> you can. <laughs> you can. There's. Well, you got to lean around the pole. Sure. You know, but uh, but yeah, no, it. Um, he has been amazing, and and uh, the the one thing with boxing that's different from MMA, MMA the guys seem to be a little more social media savvy, and uh, and so with boxing I say, hey, send me a picture, and it takes like two weeks, and then it's horrible, and I'm like, guys, it's just, you just take the phone, and you you know get in a plain background, take the picture, and email it to me, and it's perfect. And I get it, and it comes in Messenger. Well, mess- I go, no, no, you have to email it to me. Three more days go by. Then they send me one, and like half his head's cut off. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> I called Johnny Case, and I go, hey, I want to make this the poster here that we're talking about. It's yeah. going to be a, this is what, what we did with this. It's the lineup for the show. Right. But it's a souvenir for, for all the Case fans. There'll, there'll, be, there'll be like 300 of these out there, and they'll be able to get those. Not only does it tell what's coming up, but they can get Johnny Case to sign it, and they have a souvenir from the show. I love it. So that was that was the thought, and I said, Johnny, I need, I need. Here's this other guy. I need a picture of you posed just like this guy. And think an hour later, there's the picture, and I'm like, Are you kidding me? And and that's that's how we're able to get this done because I would, if it was anyone else, I, I would have never got it. Well, talented designers, posters, websites, or what have you, are more prevalent today than ever before. It's all because of technology yeah all right so johnny hollywood case at 31 years old six foot and he's a hometown kid this first time he's making a uh, 
uh, an event appearance here. He's done an appearance at the casino, but not relative to... Ten uh, years since he's competed in Jefferson. Right. Ten okay. years. And his opponent is 18 years old. Yeah. Jamarius Brown out of Leavenworth, Kansas. Yes. And and the thing with Jamarius, he's all over the Internet. It shows him sparring, hitting the bag, hitting the mitts. Kid's athletic. Good. Super athletic. But... He he doesn't have the he doesn't have the experience, but you know we ask him you know we're looking for another guy making his debut because it's not fair to give Johnny a real experienced boxer he's just the first one he's ever done, and so uh, we got him but it, you know you, you you lean towards the hometown guy in this and on the experience, but I I Jamarius thinks he's coming here to make three hundred people you know he's really too very upset <laughs> you know. Because, you know, who, who's going to protect me when this thing is done? When you know? this is done. Well, I want to drop down to uh, yep. Brian Houston, yep. uh, 40 years old, against uh, uh, Trey. Trey Dobbins. Trey yep. Dobbins, okay. Brian, Brian uh, I managed him in MMA. He fought in the UFC a couple of times, and he also fought in boxing. He was in the National Golden Gloves and, and made it to the to the semifinals. He lost to... Um, uh, Donovan Dennis, who we we now handle, um, and who he who he just lost to as a pro, but in the sem the semifinals of National Golden Gloves, that was his first loss. So we're bringing him back, and Dobbins is just a, another guy. He's making his debut. He's big, muscular, excited, wants to do this. He, he saw the video of Brian. He said, I, I'll kill that guy. And, <laughs> and not, not literally. Yeah. yeah. Nowadays, nowadays, you know, the, this is the other big difference from 20 years ago. It, you say, I want you to fight uh, Sona Akale. And uh, in five minutes, they're looking at three of his videos. They know how he fights. They know what he looks like. They know everything. You know, no one knew that before. Now there's no secrets. They... When these guys take these fights, they've looked at them. Well, it's a case, yeah. for example, is a case in point right. uh, in that he studies his opponents, Absolutely. and he'll go back over and over and over again. It's a, it is a lot different. But you had guys, um, who was from Newton? Um, one oh, of your shit. champs. No, from, it was Paul, Paul Szynski uh, had him. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Jimmy, the smooth one, Crawford. Oh, Jimmy Crawford. Okay, oh, yeah. yeah. J Jimmy Crawford was as prepared a fighter um, and he kind of trailed off into the night, you know. But when he was on his game, the girls yeah. all wanted to be with him, <laughs> you know. And they, <laughs> I know that is training. To... That's training. <laughs> that is training. <laughs> <laughs> the endurance part of the of the sport. Monty uh, Cox uh, joining us this morning here on USA Takedown, getting ready for the weigh-ins tonight at uh, Spare Time Lanes here in Jefferson, Iowa. They have the best hamburger in town. Yeah. Everyone tells me the best hamburger in town. I've had it now a couple times, and I haven't seen anything any better. Do you uh, do you like medium rare? No. Oh gosh, yes. Ha hamburger for me is ham hamburger's got to be cooked. I I don't I don't want it dry, but I but uh, I I don't really want to see any pink. I'm just now now I can do I do medium with the. Uh, um, steaks? With steaks. I've gotten there from medium well. <laughs> so I'm getting there. But I, I'm, I don't know. I don't like it. I don't want it to look like it just got killed and was drug out to, to my plate. I picked up um, one of the last things my father did uh, for us before he died, uh, for his kids. He bought a cow. 
from one of his best friends. The guy raises like 12 cows a year. That's okay. it. And uh, pretty soon we got a phone call from a butcher um, at a locker. Uh, just, what is it, west of Perry, small town. But, man, I tell you what, when they kept bringing out box after box after box, I'm thinking, we got to get another freezer. That's a lot of meat. And you know what? I've had T-bone. I've had the sirloin. I can't wait to have the tenderloin. But there's going to be a lot of good barbecuing in my future, i got to tell you. You're Thanks, going, you're, you're going, that's a lot of stuff. I hope that cow's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're <afraid. laughs> I want to tell you about our friends at Hear.com. If you're needing a hearing aid or hearing device, maybe a pair of them, I want you to check out Hear.com forward slash Casper. That's how you're going to get the extra pricing bonuses and the great customer service. I tell you about it each and every week, but it's true. Hear.com loves wrestling. Several people involved in management of that company are huge wrestling fans. That's why they back this program. It's Hear.com forward slash Casper. All right, we're continuing our, our look at the um, at the fight card, the tail of the tape, as it were. Yes. Monty, what would be one fight that people are desperately wanting to see? About five minutes. Well, I mean, they don't know it yet, um, but but they really want to see um, they want to see Ruben Garcia and Trayvon Kroger. They're the they're the two best amateur kickboxers in the Midwest. Um, one's thirteen and three. Uh, Garcia, who's from Tama, and uh, Kroger is like four and four, one and one from South Dakota, and and they uh, they're going to put on a show guaranteed. They, 20, he's twenty four. Ruben is twenty four, and uh, Kid Cobra is twenty one. I love yeah. the nicknames, by the way, in the fight business. <laughs> yeah, and it's obviously if your name is Jake, guess who you are? The snake. The snake. <laughs> is there anything else? No, apparently you know. not. But yeah, I, I think that. Fight, and that's why it—that's an amateur kickboxing, and I have it what uh, fifth? I have it sixth. There's a reason I moved that down. I, I mean, I'm anxious to see it. So you think they're going to put on a great show, and fans are no, going to no, their no, no doubt about it. And and uh, and then and then uh, Diego uh, and boy, I got to ask him about his name, Zuniga. I think uh, it's Zuniga. Uh, he. Uh, we'll find out coming up next. <laughs> he he is yeah he's fun to watch he's a two-time Iowa Golden Glove champ competed in the National Golden Gloves making his pro debut right out of Des Moines and uh there were there were several promotional companies trying to sign this guy and and uh he went with us and so we're oh. real happy well the, his opponent has got quite a amateur boxing record 50 wins versus 3 losses and amateur achievements include get this now six-time Golden Glove champion. Yeah. That's Georgia. Yeah. We did not. Uh, one thing with my partner, nobody gets a free, free ride. It's going to be tough. You know, in, in, uh, back in, in Des, Moines, um, Des Moines, back in Davenport, um, we had a, a young kid coming out. And uh, Robert, um, boy, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I, I, my, my head starts to go as I get older. I'm, I'm 38 now, and it's just, you know, I'm starting to lose. 38. It. 30. I, I do the math. <laughs> How long we? Yeah, I got a 29 year old daughter, but you know, I was active. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, but uh, Robert Calvin is what it is, and and he goes, "Am I gonna get an easy fight?" And we, yeah, this guy's only a two time Golden Globe champ out of Indiana, you know, and and that's how it goes. We're not, 
you know, we have a loyalty to the to the fighters, but right. we have a loyalty to the fans. And I did this in MMA, same thing. You do not get easy, easy fights. It's we got to put on a show or people don't come. And and I'm more than I'll stand behind this card before there's even a punch thrown. No one's going to leave this card saying they they're not happy. No, that's one of the best things. You do care about the quality of the presentation. The matchups are incredibly uh, important, of course. Uh, skill versus skill, age sometimes comes into play, sometimes yep. not. Older guys gas out a little quicker, as evidenced by your run to the car. <laughs> <laughs> well, like 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 we said, I mean, matching people, it's it's so easy to sit at home and go. Oh, I would put this guy against that guy and this guy against that guy. Well, this guy didn't want to fight that guy. And and this guy won't fight that guy because they train together. And 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 this guy can't fight that guy because they're t 10 pounds difference, and so they don't do it. This this guy wants too much money to fight that guy. That's right. The, you know, just just saying I want these, 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 these matchups is one thing. Getting them, them to happen, happen yeah. is another. And then getting them to stick. That was the most the biggest problem I had with uh, with boxing yeah. was a finding the boxers yes. because I had to draw them out of Kansas City, I had to draw them out of Omaha, Detroit. Uh, but man, I tell you what, the well was dry at some points, and you and I'm flying in a a female fighter from uh, Atlanta, Georgia, was a truck driver by trade. I tell you what, you know, we had to bring them in just to put on a show. Things are yeah. a little different this this time around or these days, and I thank God for that. Monty, we've got to go to break. Uh, I want you to stick around through the interviews with Johnny Case, but sure. first we'll get up and meet up with Diego. He's on the other side of this break. You're listening to USA Takedown from the Wild Rose Casino Studios here in Jefferson, Iowa. There's more after this short timeout. Brought to you by Barbarian Apparel. You know you like it. Have no fear. The True American will be right back with more USA Takedown. Back to the show on the road today in Greene County, Iowa, specifically Jefferson, home of the Carillion Bell Tower. What a beautiful piece of uh, art and music donated to the city. Uh, by the way, there's... I can't remember her name, but there are. Uh, there's another Olympic gold medalist from Jefferson, and she was an archer. Mm. And what they did is they took that her pose, okay, and made that a statue. And then across the the city park downtown, there's a target, and it's the exact distance that she oh. shot in the Olympic Games. That's pretty cool. I'm finding little things like. Um, like that that just really endear me to jefferson or i'd like to say that jefferson's fond of me too but i don't think everybody out there knows who the <laughs> hell i am anyway welcome back it is wild rose casino studios on the road today it's usa takedown kira jones our producer and i think we have our first uh, phone guest on the on the uh, line are you there diego yes i am diego, How you doing today? good man thank you for making the adjustments i want to hear you say your last name um, my last name is pronounced Zuniga. Zuniga. Diego okay. Zuniga. Okay. And there's that little uh, aperitif above the N. Yeah. I think that's what they call that. I don't know. I'm making words up, I think. Anyway, uh, I'm looking forward to you at the weigh-ins. Where are you on weight? Um, right now, I am on weight. Eating a little bit of oatmeal. Just relaxing this morning. That's nice. A, with maple syrup or no maple syrup? 
uh, with maple syrup. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was going to like this guy. Now, you, Monty, you actually signed him and in, in are now in helping him achieve his career goals. Yeah, uh, uh, Scott and I, you know, we we uh, looked at him from the beginning and, and uh, saw him as someone that, you know, that can go a ways, you know, not just fighting local shows and right. things like that. We think he's got the ability uh, with the right push and, and the right management to move him along. We think this is the guy you're going to see on TV. I love that. Diego, are you ready for it? I am ready. Talk to us about how you got started in the sport because it's not everybody's cup of tea and uh, not everybody sees themselves as a boxer, but you obviously do, one that is very proud of uh, his hometown, and we are proud of you in doing that as well. So talk to us about, a oh, bit about why boxing. Um, well, it all started, um, you know, when I was like seven years old. Um, my dad would go to the boxing gym, Westside Boxing Club, and uh, I'd tag along with him, and he was really into it. Um, and that's just when I got introduced to it at the age of seven. Um, I remember, you know, barely being tall enough to even hit the bags. And I would just spend the day with him in the gym. Um, and I didn't get back into the gym back until I was uh, 13, about 13 years old. And I had gone to the gym with a friend um, to meet with someone. And while he was, while we were waiting for that friend, um, I just started hitting the bag, just waiting around, and the coach had seen me, um, Coach Kaiser, and uh, he liked I was in the bag, and he said, man, you need to come back. And that's uh, what I did. I came back, and you know, I made friends and mentors there, and I just fell in love with the sport. Diego Zuniga, our guest, he'll be fighting tomorrow night here at, um, at Jefferson's Wild Rose Casino. And I'm interested in this fight for a couple different reasons. If you look at Castor's record, and I know you've seen film of him, right? Yeah, I've seen some film. Okay. And what what do you consider his strengths, and how are you ready to combat them? Um, well, his strengths I would consider maybe maybe that you know his strength, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know his size. Um, but I plan on you know being the smart fighter. I feel I feel very strong myself. Um, and just and just kind of put a pace that you know that he can't keep. A lot of folks don't know this, Monty, but this guy has four little kids. <laughs> yeah, I know. I told him, I go, I, I see how you're staying in shape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, running around all day and on top. I, could, I yeah. had three kids, and my wife had to do all that work. I was always gone. I, on the road. I, he's, he's, he's here in Des Moines. He's, he's an active father and stuff. And, you know, hey, uh, do, do me a favor, Diego. T- tell him what you had told me before about how you used to jog and, and look at Des Moines and, and how, how you wanted to uh, represent. Yes. Um, so, you know, I would wake up in the mornings, and the uh, first thing I see stepping out my door is the whole Des Moines skyline. Um, and then I'd go for my early runs, you know, 4.30 in the morning before the sun is up. And uh, just looking at the city, which is nothing but motivation. Um, I've seen the skyline in all sorts of places, uh, you know, back when, uh, even growing up, you know, knucklehead getting in trouble. Um, and uh, on TV, I'd see the skyline. I'd be like, man, I, I want to go home. I want to represent Des Moines, and I'd, I'd be home. And just the skyline is just very influential for me. Um, I'm just I'm just looking to represent Des Moines and, you know, maybe one day get my own statue here. 
we're getting a lot of what we call yeah. civic improvements to Des Moines. Right. Uh, soccer stadium. Right. And a brand new hockey arena at, at what used to be called Merle Hay Mall. And <laughs> now it's yeah. called Buccaneer Arena. <laughs> but, yeah, they um, just added um, the biggest skate park in the country um, for the Olympics. Right next to the river, right here in the morning downtown. You're nice. talking about the new skate park that uh, hosted the do tour, right? Right. Did you get to go over and see any of that? Um, no, I haven't been there just yet. I've been just super busy, but I do plan on going and uh, you know spending time with my my wife and my children there. Are you a skateboarder? I am not. Neither am I. <laughs> my, uh, uh, the guy who bought my house here. when I left uh, Iowa is the one that started Party Boy Skateboards. Is that right? And he was a professional skateboarder in California. There's a whole documentary movie on him and everything, that a guy named Rob Holler. And uh, so, you know, I, I do know a little about skateboard. He put on a show in Des Moines. I went out to watch. Pretty amazing what those guys can do. Uh, Diego, how have you had to adjust your training, not just for this fight, but for the last six, eight, ten months during uh, the COVID pandemic? Um, yeah, it's been uh, quite a challenge not being able to get into the gyms and things like that. But um, everything I need is provided, you know, whether it be training outside. And uh, I was working concrete, and uh, that was um, I was getting real strong with that, real strong grip, forearms, back, just being out in the hot sun and mental mental strength. Um. It's all around, and you know, I do a lot of running, and I do a lot of outside work. And now that the gyms are open, uh, I'm, I'm back in the gym. Did I'm, you think it was never going to happen? Um, what, the gym's opening again? Right. Yeah, I didn't know what was going to happen in the future. Uh, luckily, it seems like it's, you know, I'm easing up now. Seems like we're getting back to normal. And boy, right. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's we miss seeing each other. We miss our training regimens. We miss... Uh, going out to dinner, you know, sharing a cocktail or whatever. It's just uh, an important time for us to reexamine who we are in our professions. Exactly. And I love that. So you're prepared for Ricky Castor. He's 39. You're 25. He's five foot seven. You're five foot eleven. I'd say you got the advantage in reach. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wingspan, Monty. Wingspan. I understand. I understand. Now, it's a fight card that Monty is very proud of. I know he and his partner worked hard putting the fight card together, both the undercard and the uh, main events. We we yeah. want this to be a great show, and you want to have a great time representing the 515. I get it. That's but right. It's, you still have uh, obligations for your family to earn a living, and we don't ever want that to get in the way of feeding your kids. And so, that's so important, but it's always a part of the mix when it comes to athletes who are training within mixed martial arts, boxing, kickboxing, karate, judo, sambo. But I, I really am grateful to hear your voice, and you're a very down-to-earth guy. I don't no, know. If I appreciate I, that. I don't know if I would call you shy necessarily, but maybe retiring. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a good guy. It makes it. I'll tell you, it makes my life so much easier when. When you got fighters that are are appreciative of what we're trying to do, right? You you know, so many times you'll you'll have a guy and and we've, we've gone through five opponents, and and when an opponent opponent pulls out, we still had to go through 
all the the talking with them, the getting them to sign contracts, to send in blood work, talking to his manager. We did everything we we're supposed to do. Then they drop out, and we start all over again. And it, it is. It's a lot of work. Thank goodness I make Scott do most of it. You know, but <laughs> not but, me. Yeah, <laughs> Different yeah, Scott. Yeah. Yeah. But it's uh, you know, there are fighters that appreciate what you do, and then there are fighters that don't appreciate what you do, and it's. I'll tell you as a. If for any fighters listening that that make it difficult, when you know when we have to make a choice of which guy we do this for or that for, you know which ones come first. Right. <laughs> By the way, if you miss any part of uh, any one of our shows, we air live nine to eleven on thirteen fifty ESPN Radio. You can go to the website, and that is usatakedown.com. Go to the uh, podcast tab, drops down. And take a look at what Kira's posting up there. She posts complete episodes and sometimes standalones. But uh, I'm hoping that this one will make it to the uh, the platform within an hour or so of the nice. show. Diego, what is a, um, one thing that people might be surprised to learn about you? Um, uh, it's, it's all pretty much out there. I mean, pretty much is wearing my heart on my sleeve, so... There's really no surprises with me. What about what about something that like you can't find online? Like, what's a fun fact about you that people may not know? Uh, like, are you a jazz I've, pianist? <laughs> uh, I love jazz. Okay. <laughs> I love jazz. Um, that obviously is thing, not out there. One thing that I would like to do um, with. With my stage and, and things like that is uh, um, I've been looking more into the Word of God and I've been wanting to you know spread the Word of God around anywhere I go. So that, I mean, I'm, that's probably surprise people. Um, maybe, yeah. maybe not. But uh, I mean, that's one thing about me that uh, that I'm very focused on as well, other than boxing. So boxing is a core and a central family. We learned is very important to you. And pride yeah. in your city, pride in the 515, as I mentioned. But um, I really can't wait to meet you firsthand, and that's tonight at weigh-ins. How long of a, a day is it until we actually weigh you in after 7 o'clock Central? Um, how, how, how long keep, is... Yeah, how, in other words, how do you keep yourself busy while your mind is on the task? You don't want to be oh, focused on... Yeah, that's easy. Um, just, just being around family. Um family and friends and uh keeping my mind on task but just being back home and uh just being comfortable yeah. how is how is sleep uh, for you is it a difficult thing to do can you drop off and get good rest because all your high level athletes such as yourself uh, you know find um, first of all when there's repetition uh, that builds reputation, so you you struggle like every fighter does with uh, repetition. In other words, getting the right work in at the right time. But uh, sleep has got to be an important part of your arsenal. Yes, um, it seems that I fall asleep the same every night. Uh, I read to my children, and during the reading, we we all get sleepy, <laughs> <laughs> and he goes straight to bed, and it comes easy. Who inspired you in your career? Um, at first, at first it was, uh, I fell in love with watching, uh, Yu Yorkies Gamboa. Um, he's a gold medalist. Um, and then I fell in love with watching Floyd Mayweather Jr. 
and um and up to most recent times right now i've uh really loved watching um a lot of sugar ray robinson and ricardo lopez Mayweather. Fighters, but I'm okay really um interested in their technique and their way of training and just the way they move may mayweather is an interesting um member of the boxing society uh mm -hmm. At some points, I think he does damage to boxing, and other times he's drawing out a check. But I'm right. not sure what this. What what was the fighter's name? Was it Chris Paul? Yeah. Okay. Um, Jake Paul. Um, Jake Paul. Jake Paul. That's it. Well, they're yeah. brothers, right? Yeah. Chris and Jake. Yeah. But Jake don't know when to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> right. But it's his mouth that got him there. So yeah, he, he's like he, Pat he's going with it. He's, I know. Pat Downey's got a, a wrestling match he accepted against Kyvin Gadsden that'll take place in August. We're going to have both of them on the show. We'll talk with um, uh, the promoter, our old broadcast buddy, right. Zach Bogle. So it's going to be fun. It'll be at, uh, uh, you know, I think it's called Ovations, but it's below Buzzard Billy's downtown Des Moines. It's going to be a lot of fun. Right. By the way, the only problem I had with the, um, the skate park, I work a lot at Wells Fargo Arena. Announced a lot of different sports, and I went down to get my workload so I could study, just like anybody who's preparing. But I, I get down there, and there's no parking. It's all gone. It, and, and they were covering over the parking meters so you couldn't park there if you wanted to. Huh. I didn't understand that. But, man, the, the TV trucks, uh, promotional spots were all filled up with people. And I know it's great for Des Moines. But uh, they got to figure out this parking situation. When we were planning, yeah, they really do. <laughs> when we were planning Wells Fargo Arena, we had to make some slight adjustments due to budget. And I remember uh, Polk County Supervisor Angela Connolly said, "Scott, do your job, be the announcer, and then don't bring up parking." <laughs> because the original plan had a parking ramp on the north side of what would be Vets Auditorium, right? That was going to be replaced by a big parking ramp, but seemingly they got pushed away. Sometimes we're a little too short for our... <laughs> anyway, Diego... Yeah, just... that's a... Uh... Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, uh, I, just I just wanted to say about the parking there, well, as far as, uh, you know, if we would have an event there, you know, that'd be a difficult task, but uh, another one of my goals is to uh, sell out the, the baseball stadium right there. Oh, um, Principal Park? Principal Park? Yes, yeah, the principal park. Is that um, a dis is that in discussion, Bobby? <laughs> Not right, right now. I'm actually trying. I'm I'm like to go to to uh, um, Prairie Meadows right now. That's kind of what I'm I'm working on. But not, you know, we're always looking for new spots. Diego, thank you for the time today. We'll see you at Wayans, brother. Eat that oatmeal. Get a little rest. <laughs> Gotta finish this up. Oh yeah, thank you for giving me the time of day, and uh, I appreciate your words. And I'll Always, see you later today. There we go. We'll see five you one five. Five one five. Represent. <laughs> All right, Kara Jones is going to take us to break. Our Wild Rose Casino Studios are on the road in Greene County. That's Jefferson, Iowa, and a great and a lot of great history. They say it's historic Greene County. Stay tuned. There's more USA Takedown on the other side of the break. Monty Cox will remain as we look to connect with Hollywood Johnny Case. Stay tuned. All guests on USA Takedown appear on the Defense Soap Newsmaker Hotline. Joe Rogan said, that stuff is awesome. I just ordered a ton of it and use it every day. Defense Soap, it's what the pros use. 
Sound Live, and Jefferson and I were preparing for the weigh-ins tonight at 7 o'clock at Spare Time Lanes, and uh, the fight will be tomorrow. Doors open at 5.30. A few tickets remain, not many. Don't wait. If you're at all interested in seeing the hometown star, Hollywood Johnny Case, i got to tell you, you got to get your tickets now. It's not a big room. It's, it's a good-sized room. I like the ballroom. I truly do, and it's a, typically called the green room. Our next guest, are you ready for it? I'm ready. Hollywood Johnny Case. Johnny, how are you? I'm good, guys. How are you guys today? Well, we're excited to see you. When will you be arriving in Jefferson? Um, so I'm in Ankeny right now, cutting the rest of the weight. Um, shouldn't be too too difficult. Um, and then I'm gathering everything up and headed that way. I should be in Jefferson around 5 o'clock tonight and hanging out in spare time lanes and seeing all my family and all my friends and ready to put on a show. You've literally been traveling the world with your skill, with your prowess. You've taken a dip into the uh, the waters of promoter, okay? Uh, but you are one of the best and most well-liked fighters out there today, and I don't know where that comes from, perhaps Jefferson, Iowa. <laughs> well, I appreciate you saying that, man. That's really nice of you to say. But, yeah, I mean, it's just, um, you know, that's one thing that, uh, you know, people are surprised about when they meet me. You know, they're like, you know, you've done all these things, you travel the world. It's like, well, I'm still the same kid that, you know, I was when I grew up in, in Jefferson, Iowa. So, you know, I kept my roots, and, and they haven't failed me yet. So. Talk to us about wrestling as a base, because that's really where, if I recall, that's where you guys start, right? Wrestling? Yeah, yep, Iowa wrestling. So, you know, everybody knows in Iowa, you know, you start wrestling when you're, you know, kindergarten, first grade. (laughs) My brother, my brother and I were no different. Wrestled my whole life. Um, got into, you know, high school, had a couple offers that could wrestle in college. And then, you know, around that time, this mixed martial arts stuff was coming up, kind of getting popular. And, you know, I didn't really know what I wanted to do as far as academically and going to school, but I knew that I wanted to fight and I knew that I wanted, you know, to do it at the highest level. Um, and you know, so I got a, I got a quick education and, uh, and what it means to be a struggling fighter and coming up that, uh, you know, that kind of lifestyle. So I just, I don't know. I just, I just kind of, I knew what I wanted and I, I applied myself and, and kind of, you know, kind of lucked out. You, you know, you don't necessarily, um, uh, represent that, of uh, being a struggling fighter. You're a class act. <laughs> you dress well, <laughs> you know how to speak, you know how to promote, you know, that's all important, is, and, and that makes you a well-rounded fighter, by the way. And I've watched you at work uh, doing promotions, whether it was at Hy-Vee Hall or wherever. How special is the opportunity to return home uh, to Jefferson here in Greene County? Man, that, that means everything. You know, that's, that, you know when, I, when I was referring to a struggling fighter, that's kind of what I was referring to back in the day, you know, the decade it takes of fighting on the regional circuit, you know, making next to no money before you can even, you know, cash into some decent paydays. But when I look back on my career, those were the fights that meant the most to me because I was fighting in front of my family. I was fighting in front of my friends, my, you know, my relatives, like all the, all the people that actually supported me from the beginning, you know. And, and to be able to do that now, you know, it's been ten, over 10 years since I fought in my hometown of Jefferson. So, wow. you know, it's all kind of come full circle. And, and having the opportunity to fight here in front of my friends and family is just and I'm just thrilled. I, you just can't beat it. You can't put a price tag on it. Being able to fight in front of your family and friends and me. Okay. I don't, I don't <laughs> and want, you've got it. I'm you about as excited about this fight as uh, just being able to get to see you. Um, 
And I, th I think, again, going back to the promoter's mindset, Monty, he understands it. Not all fighters yeah. do, nor I, do they care. I can definitely put a price on it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I said before, I go, I go, Johnny's like a ticket selling machine. You know, everyone should have one. You right. know, but that <laughs> tells you how well liked he is and respected he is, and that's important. Uh, you get fighters that I've been friends with for years, like Randy Couture. He he's the kind of guy that people want to be around. Yeah. So he would be a natural ticket selling machine if he wasn't busy being expendable. You know, Pat, Pat Militich was a big ticket selling machine, but he just threatened people. Yeah. You know, it was a different it was a different style. <laughs> Scariest part of my career is when I had to be sitting between Pat Militich and Dan Gable. Uh -oh. It was at the it was uh, inside MMA on HDNet yep. and we we're doing it live from Iowa City. And I asked Pat, I said, Would you like to be on the day? He said, and I get to sit next to Gable? I said, yeah. He said, I've never met the guy. I said, you've got to be kidding me. Wow. You've never met Dan Gable. Anyway, so we put him on there. Uh, I'm trying to remember uh, Boss Kenny. Uh, Ron Kruk was there. Yeah, what, what a great cast. You know, that show has changed and gone away, actually. Yeah, it's too bad. That was a, that was a great one. I, I was on there several times, once with... Uh, I had Shoney Carter to my right wow. and Hoist Gracie to the left. And and I'm like, I look over at Gracie and I go, you do MMA? Yeah. <laughs> he just looks at me and I go, I'm kidding. I, go, I, I know who you are, Royce. Yes. <laughs> I love those guys. So, you know, the Gracies have been the very foundation of the sport. And how do you think, um, you know, fights like what just happened with Poirier and uh, – um, McGregor. McGregor. What were your thoughts on that fight? How are you it? asking me? Or yes. Are you asking yeah. Monty? No, Monty has yeah. already chimed in. Yeah. I'm, I'm already eating lunch. <laughs> <laughs> tell us what were your thoughts on that fight because uh, it, you could tell McGregor had planned the, the leg attacks, right? And, uh, you know, I don't really understand what happened to his bones, but i got to believe that multiple strikes from his leg to the outside leg of uh, his opponent would you know really did spell the difference at the very end what are your oh, thoughts oh man yeah that was that was horrific you know and you've seen it's pretty common in mixed martial arts you know what i mean there's been a few other fighters um throughout the the history of the sport you know who ended up breaking the leg like that but yeah i mean it's just it, it's just really you know, somebody, you know, I, I had read something, you know, I don't know if that's true or not. I had read something that Connor was kind of dealing with issues with it before the fight, you know, and, um, decide, you know, in mixed martial arts, there's the thing about whether your weapons are, are broken or healthy or not, meaning your hands broke, your feet broke. Like, you, there's situations where you gotta throw it. You know what I mean? Like, you gotta throw the strike whether you're, you're injured or not. So when he threw that kick, you know, if he was injured before or maybe Dustin just did the correct defense and checked it well. And, um, yeah, just, it, you know, it was enough to, to fracture the bone. And then the pressure of him sitting down on that, on that punch of his own just was it. And that's all it took. And, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty hard to see something like that, you know, seeing how, you know, knowing how much, uh, us fighters put ourselves through in the training camp just to get to the fight, you know, and then to have something like that happen, it's just, it's awful. So, you know, it was hard to watch, but uh, hope, I'm sure he'll get healed up and be on this road to recovery soon. Who inspired you early? <laughs> uh, you don't you have know, to say own. me just because I'm here. Right. 
<laughs> it was honestly uh, my, my uncle Rick Tassler. I, you know, I, I, I knew what UFC was, you mm-hmm. know, and I was still kind of a lost kid at this point. And um, he had taken an uh, MMA fight, and I went and watched that, and just being, just being like, you know, dumbfounded, like who in the hell would lock themselves in a cage <laughs> and fight another man, you know? But at the same time, I kind of had like that, you know, that that allure to it like, that kind of attracted me to it. You know, I didn't really want to want to fight; I wanted to know how to fight. And yeah. um, you know, he he's kind of the one that got me got me introduced to the training and, and you know, the rest is history. You know, I've, I've got a, a key in on something you just said about locking yourself in a cage in a fight. You guys aren't scared of each other, but boy, is that announcer being one myself <laughs> needing to get the heck out of the ring, get the introductions <laughs> done, do a nice job and get the, the build up. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, there's uh, that fact knowing that you're not able to climb out of that cage. <laughs> <laughs> once it once it's locked, that, those right. announcers are in there. Yeah, exactly. I haven't seen one yet that can climb out. <laughs> I was doing a fight at Thomas and Mack Center for uh, Kim Couture. Do you remember Randy's wife, oh, Kim? Yeah. And uh, it was at Thomas and Mack, and I got in my tux, and I'm going out. It's uh, being broadcast. Uh, Kenny and, and Boss were doing the broadcast. And as I climb up into the ring over Mike Tyson's boot that was on my stairs, mm. he was wearing a boot at the time. He put him in his place? Yeah. I said, what's your name? He says, Mike. He says, are you? I did. I said, dude, are you in show business? He said, yes, or something like that. I said, well, do me a favor. Get your damn boot off my, you know, off my stage. Kenny and Boss were rolling, but thankfully none of it was on the fight. Couture sitting there going, you know who this is, right? Yes, I know who this is, for God's sake. Who doesn't know the powerful punch of Mike? Tyson. Hey, we got to cover your ears. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know what he might do. Hey, I was I was going to mention real quick when yeah. we were talking about uh, McGregor getting hurt and everything. Johnny, you think that twenty four million dollars he got makes it feel any better? <laughs> well, I would certainly hope so. Twenty four million. Pretty, yeah, that's over yeah. twice what I'm paying you for this. <laughs> oh yeah, at least at least twice. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. There's something wrong with the sport, man. There's something wrong with the sport that guys like that, you know, who guys are being marketed like the best in the sport, which I'm sorry, but he's clearly not. You know, McGregor is a, he's a, he's a draw because he's got, he's got all the stuff. He's got the fun style. He knocks people out, but they can't, they got to quit trying to push him. Like he's the best fighting the best because all he's doing is getting his ass kicked and it's making everybody else want to tell him to shut the hell up yeah you know what, what like, you, how are you going to talk all that how are you going to talk all that smack and then you get your ass beat and you're like bro it's like so, yeah but you then and that's the guy that's making 24 million yeah like what about what about you know guys like Usman, guys you know what i mean guys who are you know deserving yeah, fighting, fighting for what, years what are those guys getting paid and you know you know what happened already i already saw it uh, dana jumped jumped in right away and says you know we may have to do a fourth one well, yeah, no, no kidding, no dude. Doubt. You did 1.8 million buys. Of course, he's 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 as bad as anyone. It's like I think we're going to have to have a fourth fight. They still made money. Yeah, I think he made. He did okay. Yeah, he got his <laughs> cut. <laughs> so did the Nevada's. That thing was like s- like 75 bucks or something. Yeah, 1.8 million. I can't even my my math. You know, what card is <laughs> a lot, Johnny? What card uh, UFC card were you on that had the most buys? 
Who was your matchup? Um, you know, I don't know. I probably UFC one eighty eight. It was a good one. Um, I you know, but honestly, the fight night I was on the the McGregor versus Dennis Siver fight night in Boston, and honestly, I think that one had way more tune in and you know at that point. So I, I don't, I, but I don't know. That was uh, that was a while ago. <laughs> yeah. You know, one of the things that I want to congratulate um, the sport in doing, Mixed Martial Arts was the first to develop a, uh, a pod, if you will, or a bubble, and doing so, in, you know, in its atmosphere they could control for the safety of the, the uh, competitors, coaches, everybody there, but also, uh, you know, still wanting to provide that level of entertainment, continuing to build various guys as stars. But the the world of the UFC has changed a lot. Would you say that's true, Johnny? Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt, man. It's been you know even since you know the Fertitas, you know you know started off with the company compared to where it was when they sold the WMEIG. Um, that was like such a you know a crazy change of pace. So you know I, I don't really know exactly how it works behind the scenes now, but um, I had a pretty good idea. And yeah, it's changed a lot. Who are some of your sponsors for this fight? What's that? Who are some of your sponsors for this fight? Um, This one, it's just Venom. Yep, Venom Venom. is going to be my my only sponsor for this boxing one. Um, Yeah, I didn't really... You know, when when I was, you know, kind of thinking about this boxing thing, it wasn't necessarily like, oh, you know, I was thinking about a serious fight. It was more or less just um, a great opportunity. You know, I've always loved boxing. Uh, it's always been something I've been passionate about and it's in my hometown. Um, but this was kind of just like a tune up for uh, my mixed martial arts record until I can go or my mixed martial arts career until I can uh, pick up another fight there. So, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't really hit, really hit it too hard on the sponsors. So, um, but thank you for Venom. I, I really yeah. appreciate the, the gear and the love. You guys always take care of me. Were you training with Joe Brandon? I have been, yep. I've been training at uh, Elite Edge in, in Ankeny with Joe Brammer, um, and as well as Victor Moreno with Absolute Martial Arts and Fitness. Victor is one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. Yeah, good dudes, man. I'm yeah. glad I'm glad I come home and, you know, got some good guys like this to work with. And For years, he was my out. electrician. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot that he was an electrician as well. So yeah, he would Victor. come do work in my uh, office or stores, and then from there... Uh, we would break it down into, well, here's a hundred bucks sponsorship money. You know, wow. he's one of the only fighters I ever consistently sponsored for years, but I believed wow. in him. Tremendous basketball player too. That guy's got mad skills. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good fighter. He's a very skilled <laughs> fighter. Good coach John, too. Johnny, I'm looking forward to seeing you at spare time lanes here for the weigh-ins, uh, seven o'clock for sure, but you'll be ringing in early. We appreciate that. And uh, good luck in your return to your hometown after a 10-year absence. He's also going to come to the after-fight party, which after the after he fights, we're going to have an after-fight party right here in, in the, uh, Coachman's uh, Coach's Corner. Coach's Corner. Or Coachman's and, Corner. And, yeah, yeah, and we might have him at both of them, I'm thinking, they're side-by-side. <laughs> and and I, I thought, I, I thought we'd, we'd do it there, and then uh, we're going to try to replay the fights. So, you know, it's funny how oh, the cool. fighters get into that because everyone else has seen it, but they haven't. So they all want to hang around, and so it's a good place to, you We know. could do another two hours, but Kara Jones would be sadly disappointed if we did. <laughs> so I'm going to cut you loose, Johnny. We'll see you in just a little while. Thanks for uh, agreeing to this fight, and a great coming home party will be had by all. 
Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate your time. Good talking to you, Scott. You bet. Good talking yeah. to you, too, pal. He's the kind of kid you want to get behind, kid, 31 years old. You know, he's the kind of guy you want to get behind. I want to thank, uh, thank Travis Dvorak for hosting again, uh, bringing entertainment back to uh, Jefferson. The community needs it, deserves it, and uh, nobody loves the community more than the staff and families of yeah. Wild Rose Casino. Travis told me if this thing loses money, he will personally write me a check to make up for it. That's how much he wants to see boxing. Well, you know, those are the kind of demands that we don't need to make because of their generosity. Yeah. I'm still wondering who's going to pay me. Yeah, that's, you know. <laughs> You're going to get You're paid not looking at me, by <laughs> playing games at the casino. I'm a promoter. What did you say, Kira? You're going to get paid by playing games at the casino. There you go. Okay. Thank you. Are you now my agent? <laughs> All my agents have either moved to Mexico or are dead. Uh, uh, well, it's not a good track record, but if you're willing to jump into the water. <laughs> Listen, folks, it's been great talking with you on this Friday. It's always fun to do uh, remote broadcasts, and it's always fun to be in Jefferson with the staff here at Wild Rose Casino. So for all of us, this is USA Takedown. Monty Cox, Travis Dvorak have been our guests, and I'm Scott Casper for Kira Jones. Thank you for listening. We'll be back again next week. More exciting news on the wrestling front and mixed martial arts. Kira? And they're coming after me. Ain't no grave can hold my body down. There ain't no grave can hold my body down. Well, look down yonder, Gabriel. Put your feet on the